Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Welcome to Politics Done Right from the studios of KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, your community radio station. We have a great program for you today. Well, it is official now. Women no longer have control of their bodies. The men in this country control you. Remember that. Remember that your vote matters. Remember that those who, those who decided that they will decide what you need for your body, what's best for you, were determined by five men and one woman, five of them elected by the minority in this country, five of them elected by, guess what? Presidents that were not elected by the popular vote, meaning that the people who, re- the people who overturned a woman's right to choose the people who overturned your right, they were voted in by presidents that did not win most votes in this country. This is the essence of minority rule. It's not just what's happening to women, which is horrendous, but it's what can happen going forward. Do you think your vote doesn't matter? I want you guys to listen to how it was reported immediately after the fact. In in which the abortion right was made nationwide. Those two rulings stood for the proposition that states could not ban abortion before the age of viability. They could restrict it during that period up to about 23 weeks, but they couldn't ban it. Now the Supreme Court has taken that guarantee away. Lester, this is the first time the Supreme Court has ever granted a constitutional right, which it did so when Roe was decided in 1973, and then took it away, a popular right that was widely recognized. So the immediate effect of this will be to uphold a Mississippi law that would ban abortion after 15 weeks. But this also now means that in a roughly half the country, abortion is, as of now, or soon will be, illegal. 13 states have what are called trigger laws that were in Intended to make Roe uh, abortion uh, illegal in those states once the Supreme Court reached this decision. In a few of those states, the law takes effect immediately, and some they have to wait for the state attorney general to certify that this is what the Supreme Court has done. That's 13 states in which abortion will shortly be illegal. And in the rest of the so uh, up to about half the states, they are expected soon to make it illegal. So we're about to become a divided country, Lester, where abortion is legal in about half the states. If 
the states. This is a six to three decision. It's written by Samuel Alito. We haven't had a chance to track it yet, but you may recall that Justice Alito was the author of the draft opinion that leaked in May that suggested that the Supreme Court was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. But Lester, I have to say this is not, while it while it is certainly going to be surprising to some, pleasing to others that have worked for this day for many years, it can't be too much of a surprise for three reasons. First of all, the fact that the court agreed to take this case in the first place. This was a decision from uh, lower courts that said, no, you can't strike down abortion that early because it would go against Supreme Court precedents. There was no division among the circuit courts. So why did the Supreme Court take it? The logical conclusion has to be that they took it to overturn Roe. Secondly, what they did in the Texas case when they allowed the Texas law to go into effect that would restrict abortion. And third, the comments that the justices made when the Roe v. Wade case was argued. So Supreme Court overturning Roe, this is a one of the most uh, significant historic decisions in modern times, Lester. And now it means that abortion is no longer the law of the land. It's up to the states and it's about to become illegal in about half of them, Lester. So women have lost rights the first time in American history that what the Supreme Court did was remove rights that were previously granted. Your vote matters. Any person, and specifically any woman, voting Republican going forward, you are voting for a party who supports minority rule. In other words, if most of us want something, forget it. It's what some of us want. Women voting against women's own Interests, your vote matters. One expects that this this particular uh, result alone should ensure that no one who values rights, no one who values your ability to function in a democracy, a democracy that says whatever the majority says they want absent one's inalienable rights, which is not up for debate. It is something that we will do. That is what democracy is all about. What the Supreme Court did today proved that that is something they absolutely do not believe in. Let's talk about the gas tax. And it goes this way. If, if what we do is to ensure that these oil companies can continue doing what they do, the gas tax means absolutely nothing. So here's, what I, here's a, the article that I want you guys to see, and then we'll take it on the other side. Here it is. Progressives say, windfall profit tax, a better solution than Biden's gas tax holiday. And like I said, I have the smartest folks in this in, uh, listening to this show. Because here's what Tom C. said. Tom C. said, federal gas tax cut would not likely be passed on to consumers anyway. Real price of a gallon of gas should probably be around $10. She's right. Not going to be passed along. And here's what uh, progressives say. On Wednesday, prepare, uh, as Biden, Joe Joe Biden prepares on Wednesday to urge Congress to temporarily suspend federal tax and diesel taxes in a bid 
to ease the pain at the pump, progressives are calling instead for the passage of Democratic land lawmakers' overwhelmingly popular bill to impose a windfall profit tax on big oil. Congress should take the president's call and answer it with the windfall profit tax legislation already proposed in the Senate. Jamie Henn, a spokesperson for the Stop Oil Profiteering campaign, wrote on social media, a windfall profit tax would get more relief to more people by penalizing the big oil profiteering that is driving up prices. Okay, I want to go to another section where it says, during the Wednesday's afternoon speech, Biden is expected to ask congressional to lift 18.4 cents. What is 18.4 cents on gasoline that costs five bucks a gallon? It makes no sense. It's a cosmetic thing. And here's it. But, but here's the most silly thing about it. They said they'll do it for three months. And then the prices, people are going to see an immediate 18 cents hit right before the election. Who is advising Biden? You put the 18 cents right on just before the election so that they, they, and the, the guys are going to say, look at what they're doing. The gas prices are high and they're taxing you on top of that. They're imposing a tax on you. What the hell is wrong with Democrats? It's almost as if they really want to lose in 2022. What we need is to recover that windfall profit tax and then mean adjust, means adjust how we give back that money to families. So a family that is working their butt off to go and do nursing every day and go and do the work they need to do every day, they get a check from the government from the stolen money that they, that the oil company took. They get a check that says, this is a recovery of your gasoline bill that we took away from you, from the middle class. This is a recovery from the money that was stolen from you that they just took it out of your pocket and tried to put it in the pockets of the rich people who own the stocks to the executive bonuses. Because I want you guys to see the flow. The flow is simple. The price of oil has not changed substantially, but we have the price and power to say, hey, if you want to drive, you're going to pay this cost. And since you have to drive, you will have to pay the cost that I am going to take that money and not invest into other resources. I'm going to take that money and put it into the pockets of those executives in the form of bonuses. Hey, guys, you did right. You took all that money away from the middle class and the poor, and we're going to stuff it into our pockets. And those shareholders, we're going to make sure they keep us as executives because we made them more money and we didn't pay them in dividends. We bought back their stocks, which mean they got their price of that stock appreciated, which mean also they had to pay no taxes on it. And by the way, if they need the money or they want to use some of the money, they'll take out a loan on those stock prices. People understand how they steal from us. They just take your money. And then they have sycophants out there that are saying, oh, we need to change policy. The oil companies are suffering. The oil companies are suffering? Really? Come on now. Let's, let's get real. So that is the issue that I have with the winds, windfall profit tax. We need, we need to not have a gas tax holiday. If states want to do that, 
they can do that, but I think that is a wrong message because what happens is this. The gas tax is there for infrastructure, for roads, etc. So they're going to give everybody, they're going to reduce the price, the, the tax that they collect. The oil companies are going to make up that difference by zooming the price back up. They are going to profit from that. And when the roads need to be fixed and built again, we get these tax increases to fix the roads or they go unkept or they build toll roads. You see the problem? You see what we're talking about? So folks, let's, let's get real and truly, truly understand what's going on here because they continually try to go ahead and hurt us all. Recently, I wrote the article titled, There is an Oil Glut, Not a Shortage. High Prices are a Worldwide Fraud by Corporations. Here is why. And I explained exactly why in the article, in a, in a video I did in that article. And it was picked up by uh, Muslim TV, Muslim Network TV. And they called me up and said, hey, could we get you to do an interview on our network, which is played on satellites throughout the world? And of course, I said, yes, because I think it is time for us to start telling the truth and let it be known the evil that is the oil companies as they rip every single American's uh, monies from their pocket, transferring the wealth of the average American to the you know whom. So check out the interview that I did on that network, Muslim Network, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome back to discuss the shortage and hike in oil prices in the U.S. Let's go to Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid. Over to you, Imam Mujahid. Thank you, Hina. Gas prices are going up and up and up. Here there is a person. He says that uh, there is an oil glut. There is no reason to raise uh, gas prices as, as they are being raised. So with us is Egberto Willis. Welcome to Muslim Network TV. Thank you so kindly for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Tell me if there is a, you know, why you think there is no problem? Well, let me first say that our entire oil industry is one of the largest frauds on the market. There has never been an oil shortage ever. Uh, Venezuela is sitting on the largest, on the largest pool of oil. Yes, some of it is sour oil. We have countries like the United States producing more oil than ever. We have Saudi Arabia who simply needs to turn on the spigot or not. We have Russia who, in as much as it finds itself in a war right now in, uh, in Ukraine, is still putting out at least as much oil as it did pre-pandemic. And that oil is being bought up by China, India, and several other countries. So the fact that we would believe that the price of a barrel of oil should be at the prices that are that they are today is a fiction. What we have is a cartel, a fraudulent cartel that is, and it's not just America, it is a worldwide oil cartel that is simply taking the monies away from the middle class and the poor because they can. 
You call it the largest fraud in the human history. Define that. Well, the reason you have to call it the largest fraud in human history is because we all, from the poorest country in the world to the richest country in the world, is completely and entirely dependent on petroleum, not only for transportation, for heating, for pharmaceuticals, you name it. We have a petroleum-based economy, and those who control the petroleum, the distribution of petroleum, some a fossil fuel that wasn't placed there by those who exploit it, that was given to the to the to the humanity by the by eternity, if you will. Those people who control it have the opportunity to rip us all off. If that isn't the largest fraud in the world, I really don't know what would we could call it. So who are the collaborators? Why government are not standing up who do not have gas? You ask the very and most intelligent question, sir. The reason why you would find that uh, government doesn't do anything about it is because government is complicit. Of course, if you have the money to pay off uh, to pay off the the different uh, company, uh, the different. Uh, politicians, especially politicians in the United States, UK, and some of the other quote unquote first world nations, then of course you have, you have the money in the bag. That is one of the reasons why activists have such a hard time getting change made. That is why they're, they run the risk of burning up the planet without even having to consider repercussions. But again, uh, you're correct. Governments are not doing their job. It is imperative that we, the people, which is something that I preach all the time on my show, it is imperative that we, the people, be educated by those who really know as opposed to those who would try to confuse them. Well, Brother Egberto, when we, the people, going to wake up? Well, uh, what you're doing right now, sir, is very important. The fact that you are giving me or presenting me on to a, another audience, if you will, that's you doing a public service. That's your organization doing something necessary to save the planet. That's your organization doing something to make humanity a bit more fair. Well, but if the highest gas prices in recent memory cannot get people on the street or is speaking up while election is coming, is is gas prices a part of anyone's manifesto or any program by any politicians in America? Yeah, well, you have to make it that way, right? I mean, there are a lot of things in this country that people didn't realize they've been had, right? I mean, if you don't think that you're getting screwed, if you are able to use smoke and mirrors, let's give a perfect example, right? If you ask the average person, why are gas prices too high? They'll give you two reasons. If you are a conservative or Republican, it's Biden, Biden's policy, who's not allowing us to drill in America, who's not allowing uh, other oil, oil resources to be used. That would be the problem. If then you ask those that are a bit more intelligent, if you will, they will go ahead and they'll say, well, it's a supply chain problem. But you know what? It's not a supply chain problem. It's not a problem with uh, Biden. It is a systemic problem based on the economic system that we have, where those with price and power controls. Your first and most important question asked, why if people are seeing five and six and seven dollar gas, aren't they reacting? Because 
we have been ineffective, the activists have been ineffective in being able to show who the, the, the culprit is. So the culprit has been able to assign blame to a boogie person. Again, supply chain, no. After all, the supply chain problem wasn't caused by government. It was caused by the private sector. Is it a problem with Biden? No, Biden is just a token in the White House who's unable to convince as, uh, even his own to do what's necessary. It is time to nationalize oil companies. And until we do that or threaten to do that, nothing will actually get changed. I mean, people, some, some countries are getting into bankruptcy like Sri Lanka. They cannot afford to pay for the gas and people are riding on the streets for several days. Other countries, so, so money is flowing out of poorer countries and poorer people in our own neighborhoods into the pocket of who? Again, follow the money. You are so right about that, sir. This is one of the largest transfers of wealth and income in, um, in the world's history. Add the numbers up. When, whenever they say this is the new price, and they need not drill anymore. They need not invest in any more resources. That money, we see exactly where it goes. It goes into the pockets of executives as very high bonuses, and it goes into uh, dividends that's paid out. Not too much dividends, though, but mostly, but mostly into capital gains in the form of the companies buying back their stocks. As they buy back their stocks, it appreciates in value. And because we have been fooled into believing that capital gains is different than any other income, uh, they even get a tax break from having bought back these stocks to have those with longstanding ownership of these, uh, these stocks and these companies gain a whole lot of wealth at a minimal tax cost. It's amazing what they do. They don't even cash in the, the, the gains because they can take it out in the form of insurance and loans that will never, ever be paid back. Egberto, are there some politicians who sound like you? Absolutely. Uh, the politicians that sound like me are the ones that get very little coverage on TV. Although they like to try to make AOC a scapegoat or Ilan Omar a scapegoat or Rashida Talib a scapegoat, these are politicians in the United States that are that would echo everything that I'm saying right now. I, I wish they they made themselves a bit more vocal, but I think because of the way the dynamics of a fraudulent media works in the United States, they try to temper themselves to wait for the opportune times to make note of what they need to speak about. But that said, I think I am I'm a very patient person as a patient activist journalist. I am satisfied with informing, but I think what's important is as we bring more people on board, more people will change. Do I have hope? Absolutely. Now, because of this whole gas pricing high and all that, where are the climate change activists? Uh, why they are not riding on this wave? Hey, this is the time for you to switch. There is a very tight balance here. Uh, when you have a population that isn't, and I really do not want to sound condescending, but when you have a population whose government has uneducated them, what happens is uh, climate activists has, have to be careful in these, in, in, in this scenario, in that 
given that those who are pilfering us by having these high prices, one of the boogie persons that they use is the climate change activists. Hey, they're not allowing Biden to drill. Hey, they're not allowing all these things. So they have to be careful not to have a lie cauterize into the minds of people that are of low in, you know, uh, low information status. So it's a tricky point here. You have to uh, figure out how to play your cards. And I think that is one of the reasons you'll see some of the largest activists in the climate domain taking it easy until they find the opportune time to, 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 to come out because we cannot allow the right to ca uh, characterize this price increase as a switch to green energy. Well, thank you so much, Egberto Willis. Egberto Willis is a political activist, author, political blogger, and a radio show host. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so kindly for covering this subject. Back to you, Hina. Pushback by oil and guess someone will be wrong. Biden changed the lease tax from 12.5 to 18.75. Uh, so why? What's the problem with that? Again, it's free oil. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, somehow because we increase a tax that is near too damn little for the extraction of gas. Do you realize that oil is in that, in that ground, not because of anything these oil companies did? But because it's been there, belongs to us all. And those who have the power to extract it are the ones who profit from it. And we get 12 or 18.7 for, for a lease, a tax lease. Are you kidding me? Not to mention the other restrictions. More production won't lower costs. It is cost more to produce. They are making trillions in profits. And it has increased over the years. Think about this. They complain about all the bad things that Biden is doing to the oil industries, why the price of oil is, is high. The oil companies that are complaining about Biden's policies, the increase in price that they're charging us, the money that they're ripping off from us, is not going to anyone else but them. The CEOs are making more. The shareholders are making more. The executives are making more. And then you have the nerve to ask, well, maybe if Biden will lower, well, you know, when it was lower, they were making less. Come on, let's, let's, let's stop, be, let's stop allowing them to think, allowing them to make us think stupidly. Please, please. They are making more profits now. How dare you get on their sides? So I want to play you, uh, you know, all the while we're talking, you know, the Republicans are telling you. Taxes are high, or not taxes are high. Republicans are out there telling you, you need to hire us because inflation is high. Inflation is high, and it's the fault of Biden. I love what Stephanie Rule did here. Check this out, and we'll take it on the other side. For the first time, gas prices are now averaging over five bucks a gallon. That's a lot of money. One estimate, Mark Zandi, he's now saying that households are now spending about $160 more on gas a month than they were a year ago. And if you think gas prices are up, other things are up as well. Food prices. It seems like everything out there we're buying costs more. So why? 
Well, you've got to look at what's happening around the world. The war in Ukraine is obviously having a huge impact on gas prices, but they're also a really big exporter of grains, wheats. That's causing food prices to go up. But what's important to remember, it's causing prices to go up around the world. We also still have supply chain issues because China has been shut down. That impacts the supply chain and this inflation that we're dealing with. Other countries are dealing with it as well. Canada, Mexico, Europe, around the world. But for the American consumer out there, they don't necessarily care that prices are high around the world. They care that it matters here. But there are bright spots in the economy. Our jobs market is still very strong. Our wages are up. And despite prices being higher, We are still seeing people spending. In fact, we're expecting going into this summer, very high demand for travel, people flying, people driving. We might not like spending these higher prices, but we're willing to do it. And right now, all the focus is on the Federal Reserve, because when we could say, what is the president doing? He's not doing much because he can't. It's about the Federal Reserve. They're going to raise interest rates this week, possibly half a percentage point. And here's why this matters. If they raise rates too quickly... Well, that could dip us into recession. And if they don't do it enough, prices could keep rising and rising and inflation hurts. But what's also important to remember as we're dealing with this, this can't be solved overnight. And Republicans right now are using inflation to push people to the polls because it's really hard for us. So I ask you, just like we're asking the president and this administration, what are you doing about inflation? Well, Republicans say it's the number one issue for the American people. Ask them if they win in November, what are they going to do? Well, the one thing that we are we have to prevent is from them winning in November if we don't want to see several crises because we know they have no interest in the average American citizen. We know that from a fact as a fact based on the policies they support. They have no interest in making your lives better. So we can't allow these these things to change the the make the make it possible that they get elected. So going forward, let's remember that. Ask them how specifically will they, what will they do to reduce inflation? And you know what? They have no answers. They'll just say, oh, we'll cut taxes. Okay. How does that solve the problem? Remember, Republicans never have answers. Remember, progressive Democrats are the ones who support the policies most Americans want, bar none. And what we have to do is get more progressives in office and make sure that the neoliberal uh, Democrats that remain, that we keep them corralled and force them to vote accordingly, else be primaried in their elections. And that we have to start getting very strict about that. Effective 2022, when we take the House again, when 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 we hold on to the House We have to make it absolutely clear to neoliberal Democrats that you don't support the American people with the progressive policies that they are requesting, that they will be, they absolutely will be primaried. So, um, Stephanie Rule, you're absolutely right. Ask those who claim they have the answers what specifically they are going to do. Most of the times you'll find that they have no answers. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support. That is there to provide that nourishment that we need. KPFT 90.1 FM Houston.
Please get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of $120. Get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The Contributions for my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org, choose Politics Done Right for the program, and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. You can listen and or watch Politics Done Right Mondays through Fridays on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash politics done right or on YouTube Live at politics done right.com slash YouTube. Please do not forget to follow me on Twitter for updates. My Twitter handle is at Egberto Willies at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L I-E-S. But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all central time. January 6th hearing, Thursday night, prime time. Uh, you say it was totally partisan, and you could certainly make that case, given that every member is anti-Trump. But let's go beyond that. Does that mean the media shouldn't cover it much? Does it mean they should dismiss videotaped depositions from the likes of Bill Barr, Jason Miller, Jared Kushner, Ivanka yeah. Trump? Well, the way that I viewed it, uh, Howie, is I think we have numbers now. Uh, that are in, and, and you cover this. 19 million, yeah. But, you know, just wasn't, you know, to, to put this in prime time, the numbers were way down. So I don't understand how these com- how these big corporations, uh, you know, it was across, spread across some 20 different networks. Uh, when you compare Fox News, which didn't, which did not air that live, I mean, just destroyed CNN and MSNBC in the, in the ratings, right? Their direct competition. So, well, I, but I don't the, like the American people. Networks are, like MSNBC did very well covering this hearing. Obviously, it would appeal to the liberal viewers of that network. Yeah. Um, we, well, guess what, folks? As it turns out, MSNBC did uh, by itself now. MSNBC by itself did much better than did Fox News. By now, most of us have heard that <clears throat> Mayra Flores, a Mexican-born Latino, uh, ran as a Republican in a predominantly Democratic seat, District 34 in Texas. She won. And the blame game immediately began. Somehow, Latinos are not doing what they're supposed to do. They're voting against their own interest. And I tell you what, um, there is an article that came out recently by Arturo Dominguez, an independent journalist who I've had on the show several times, one who really understands the dynamics of Latinos and more. And in fact, he realizes that Latinos are not a monolith. And he had a lot to say. He wrote an article titled, Blaming Latinos for Democratic Political Losses Just Needs to Stop. And he starts his article as, uh, as follows. And let me put that on the screen. Uh, visit Latino... 
and check out his article. When Democrats lose a district or state with a sizable Latino population, they stereotype and blame us. While this has to do with Texas House District 34, which will be up for another election in November, it's an exercise in how quickly we become scapegoats. Even when Democrats make little effort to reach us. Recently, Republican Maida Flores beat Democratic Dan, Democrat Dan Sanchez in the closely watched Texas race. While she will only serve until January, Republicans are hailing it as a sign of changing political among, po- politics among Latinos, while Democrats are downplaying the importance of the election and dismissing talk of such a change. I find it ironic that they just let a district slip allowing Republicans to build a false narrative. And with the, the, thing, the thing about it is, narratives take hold. So we saw Latinos in a Latino district vote Republican. Just maybe it's okay now. Maybe there's something these other Latinos are not seeing. Uh, Arturo continues, the truth is, Democrats lost ground in South Texas because of the deadly combination of deficient outreach and voter suppression. If they don't care enough to try and counter the conspiratorial messaging from the political right, Republicans will win every time. While there's been plenty of talk about Democratic Party's message or lack thereof, rarely do we hear about how they fail to reach the communities they need to stay in power, that need to stay in power. The 2020 presidential election is the perfect example of that. Democrats put all the focus on counting Latinos in South Florida, giving them wins in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. The cost of that outreach, however, meant taking losses in places like South Texas. Counties that typically vote Democrat voted for Trump due to unchallenged far-right noise and voter suppression tactics that ranked Texas last in the nation of ease of voting in 2020. And, you know, I brought on a Latino expert, a professor, I don't remember his name right now, out of California. And he had a lot to say about that. He was trying to urge Democrats, you have to go into these populations and you have to hire people who know those populations to do the vote, to get the vote out and not only get the vote out, but to educate them on the policies you support as opposed to the right going in there with misinformation that actually takes hold. Here's what he says. What Democrats need to realize and begin addressing now is that Latinos aren't represented by Cubans in South Florida, that immigration is a much broader issue involving many nationalities, not just Latinos, that our communities are focused on the same issues as anyone else, the economy, jobs, and education, that they should focus less on courting right-wing wackos and more on non-white voters. Cubans make up a small percentage of the U.S. Latino population. It's time for Democrats to think more broadly. And it's time for Democrats to go into these populations, right, before it's too late. And I mean, it's not about going in when you want to vote. It's about addressing and staying engaged in the population. But not only that, not assuming that that vote belongs to you. You have to understand that Republicans, they know one thing. They have a terrible message, so they lie. But what they do is they engage, And that's what they did in District 34. Now, what we've gotten is a terrible 
talking loss of a talking point. And what we have done in South Texas is allow voting Republican plausible. Just maybe all the bad things we are hearing about Republicans may not be all that bad after all. Maida is a Republican. Maida came out here and she told us a lot of stories. Maida came out here and she spoke to us. What did our cheers say? Uh, they invested so much money in, in District 34 and they squeaked by a win. No, they didn't squeak by a win. They won. And it's not a squeak because that district was more than plus, what, plus four, plus six. I don't remember exactly what. So it's not a, they didn't sleek a win. They made up several points to win. And this is going to happen over and over again, not only in Latino communities, in Vietnamese communities, Chinese communities, in Asian communities, in black communities. Because Democrats hire a whole bunch of elitist consultants who know nothing about the communities they are they're integrating, such that even the polls that they do within these communities should not be trusted, given that they are not of this community and understand what ails the community. Arturo Dominguez in this article says it all. Blaming Latinos for democratic political losses just needs to stop. Blaming any person of color for democratic losses ought to stop. And you know, he, he mentioned something that to many will be hard to hear. Because he said, figure out who is in fact, who is in fact supporting these people. And he says, but when you look at the election map, it is clear who won the state for Trump. White people, it's always white people who have voted this charlatan into office and other charlatanes into office. So if we want to make a change, if we want Democrats to be elected, not only should we be pressuring or or, or engaging the people of color, but we should be admonishing white people who vote against their own interests to vote on the other side of the aisle because they believe the preponderance of messages coming to them. The messages should be coming to us, to all of America, white America and people of color America. Arturo Dominguez, great job. Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney did what she needed to do. But here she has a message for the Trump sycophants. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. I want to thank the witnesses for being here today. Uh, After today, I suspect that uh, there will be some who label you agents of the deep state or something else conspiratorial or nonsensical uh, meant to justify ignoring what you've said today, uh, ignoring the facts. That may be uh, the short-term cost of acting honorably and telling the truth, but your actions should have an important long-term impact. It will help keep us on the course set by the framers of our Constitution. Let me paraphrase the words of John Adams and others. Whether ours shall continue to be a government of laws and not of men is ultimately for the American people to decide. 
And let me also today make a broader statement to millions of Americans who put their trust in Donald Trump. In these hearings so far, you've heard from more than a dozen Republicans who've told you what actually happened in the weeks before January 6th. You will hear from more in the hearings to come. Several of them served Donald Trump and his administration, others in his campaign. Others have been conservative Republicans for their entire careers. It can be difficult to accept that President Trump abused your trust, that he deceived you. Many will invent excuses to ignore that fact. But that is a fact. I wish it weren't true, but it is. One hopes that as these proceedings go on, that most sycophants, I'm talking about those Trump supporters that continually uh, think Trump somehow is there for them. One hopes that in the long run, they'll see the light. After all, the most conservative representative in the Congress is telling them, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry it's hard for you to get it. But it is true. Donald Trump snowed you. Donald Trump lost or should lose your trust. I hope you guys got that. She was very clear. Suprema Corte. Uh, Common Dreams, one of my favorite progressive rags, said the following. Critics say new Supreme Court ruling gives gun lobby just what it paid for. And that is so true. Today, the Supreme Court made it clear that it cares more about protecting the interests of gun lobby than American lives. The National Rifle Association's decades-long campaign against even the most basic and popular firearms regulation scored another victory. Thursday, when the right-wing U.S. Supreme Court struck down a key New York State gun control law, a ruling that could spell doom for similar statutes across the country. The NRA has spent big in recent years to fill state and federal courts, including the Supreme Court, which judges that are hostile to gun regulations. In 2017, the the gun lobby dropped $1 million on ads supporting former President Donald Trump's nomination of Justice Neil Gorsuch, a successful campaign that it repeated in subsequent years to ensure the confirmation of Justice Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. All three of these judges, along with Justice Samuel Alito and Chief Justice John Roberts, supported Justice Clarence, supported Justice Clarence's new majority opinion in validating New York's century-old restriction on the concealed carry of firearms in public. The law required those applying for permits to carry guns outside the home to demonstrate proper cause to do so. All three liberal judges oppose, you know. It's not enough for these people that every single day we have some sort of mass shooting in America. It's not enough for them. These are the people who claim family values. These are the people who claim, oh, we love humanity. These are the people who claim they are pro-life. And all the policies they support brings us death guns death uh controlling a woman's body death and a poor social safety net death not paying a living wage 
ultimately death. That's who they are. That's who they are. And it is something that we have to be pumping into America's head with the evidence. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. That's why they don't care that, you know, when they talk about, oh, get rid of the 18 cents tax. That's You get rid of the 18 cents tax is nothing more than another transfer of wealth to the wealthy. How? Because guess what? Who you think gonna pay for those roads when the tra- when when they're not collecting that money out of that fund? You know who. So yeah, let's 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 keep all those notions quite clear. Eric Hay says politics policy 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 is the current administration have to have politics in everything to get people so mad? No, no, no. He's a political animal. Of course, he needs to have things in politics. Who doesn't? Which politician doesn't? Michael Rennie says, nothing says family values like dead school children from yet another mass shooting. Oh, you hit the nail on the head, brother. Uh, Mike C. Sachs says, Pelosi refused to let GOP name the people they want on the, 30, on the J6 committee. We don't want criminals on the J6 committee. Rather, she was going to pick which GOP would be when it became apparent that it was going to be a political hack committee all but two refused to join of the ones picked. No, they were under orders not to join. There's not, look, you cannot call Kinsinger and, uh, and, and uh, what, Cheney some sort of hacks. These guys are there truthful, t- telling the truth. And they've given up something to do that. You should respect that. And if you still believe the election was stolen, I mean, if you if you are look, it, I, I knew it wasn't stolen from the beginning. But if you hear the evidence today, and still believe the election was stolen, wow! Have I got a deal for you? Have I got a deal for you? If you still believe the election was stolen, Mike Cisak, because it means you would believe anything from somebody you like. You'd believe anything. They'll kill somebody you love. And you'll believe them. Actually, yeah. Donald Trump killed a million people other people loved. So, oh, well, a lot of that occurred under, but more of that occurred under Biden. No, 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 no. The, the, the disease was already planted. Again, I repeat, the disease was already planted. Michael Rodney says, Mike sees at committees, it's necessary to select those who have no conflict of interest. True. True that. Mike Cisak says, we can see in the results of how they doctored and cut out certain video, then made conspiracy claims from that. Hmm. Cisak, you know, I used to think you were a serious person, a farmer, a person who just wanted to have things right. I thought that. In fact, you've called into the called into us many times and that's what I thought like CSEC is for real but brother after these hearings if you're still believing the crapa that you're that you're that that the right speaks about can't help you man can't help you let's talk about the hubris of a CEO Howard Schultz who came out of retirement to run uh, to run Starbucks again 
Oh, he hates unions. I want you to listen to this and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side because there's just something here that just irks all of us. Could you ever see doing that and embracing the union as part of it? No. Why not? The primary reason is we are in business to exceed the expectations of our customers. A hundred million people come into Starbucks. The customer experience will be significantly challenged and less than if a third party is integrated into our business. And because they're not acting in good faith? Because we have, we have a different view. And, and Aaron, let's, I don't want to spend the entire time in the union. Come on. No, but but I, just, I just want to understand it because there's headlines every day yeah. about this at Starbucks, but this is everywhere else as well, Amazon and, and others. But I think there's a, there's a focus on is there, is there a way for companies and unions potentially to work together and you know, given how progressive your company has been, there's lots of people who look at, at, at Starbucks. I was looking at the headline, yeah. Starbucks is a latte liberal until it's not. Well, this is, it's, it's a mean, mean headline. National Review, by the way, <laughs> uh, not The New York Times. But, but I, I say it, yeah. be, I, oh, I only no. say it because I think that there's a question. Is there a way for both to live in harmony? My belief is that we have built a company that is centered around exceeding the expectations of our people and our customers. And that is the vision we have for the future of the company. Uh, it, let's be real here. The fact of the matter is you are a corporation. Starbucks is a corporation. It's considered a, an individual entity that should be governed by laws, that is governed by laws. Secondly, let's recall that uh, we should have a baseline for employees. And you know what? The only way to guarantee that is to have unions that you're going to come out and say, well, you know, we are good people. We don't need we don't need the bargaining power of these employees getting together because we the masters, we the masters are going to treat them just the way they need to be treated. They are going to exceed our customers' expectations and we will do right by them because we are just so good. Well, you know what? With every corporation, the only things that matter is profits. And whenever doing well by the employee or doing well by the consumer affects a profit, then unless, unless that employee has in power, in lieu of just leaving the corporation to go to another one, the only choice they have is unionization where they can bargain competitively at the same level, eye to eye, with the corporation. Yes, the customer can walk, but the employee, if he doesn't have the totality of protection of all businesses, does not have that. So, Mr. Schultz, leave your hubris alone. Mr. Schultz, you are a corporation. This isn't your thing. It's a public company. It's a corporation. And a corporation was given certain rights to follow rules of existence in the business climate that we create. Now, you know, I want a whole lot of changes there, but until we get them, live within the rules. Please get one of my several books out there. As I see it, Class Warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom for a contribution of $120. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors for a contribution of $120. How to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it for a pledge of $120. 
$200. Get any two of those books for $200, any three of those books for $250. The contributions for my books go directly to support our station, KPFT 90.1 FM. Alternatively, folks, please get your basic KPFT-only membership for $40, a Pacifica-only membership for $25, or choose from one of our many other gifts for your contribution. Just go to kpft.org, choose Politics Done Right for the program, and select an option either for our books or something else to support the station. It is definitely worth it. You can listen and or watch Politics Done Right Mondays through Fridays on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash politics done right or on YouTube Live at politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Please do not forget to follow me on Twitter for updates. My Twitter handle is at Egberto Willis, at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L. I-E-S. But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all central time. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support. That is there to provide that nourishment that we need. KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Well, folks, that's it for today. You know how I'm going to end this baby. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Right.